Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Blog Talk Radio. Program on blogtalkradio.com. This is Fanatic Radio. Live watched by Radio Sun. I'm on and love the past week. Over 300 listeners to the show. Dope them love the Thank you for all the tuning in to previous episodes as well as this one. Phone lines are up six five nine five one seven. You can like find Fanatic Radio on Facebook and follow Flow myself on Twitter at leaflow three sixty at the Fanatic MG. As always, we have a great show for you on hands. Um, big drama in baseball that happened this week. Uh, hopefully, Zach Drescher will swing by in the studio to talk some hockey as Flow's Devils. Week down OT winner last night. Absolutely. But we begin today with the NBA playoffs and, more importantly, my Mavs, the defending champs, on the verge of being swept one game away behind Kevin Durant's 31 points, blew out the, the defending champs at home. But more importantly, yeah, I guess we'll start with that game if you want to. Sure. Uh, initial impressions of, because of course, of course, the first two games, very close. Dallas almost stole, uh, I guess, two of them on the road. Lost by one, lost by three. Yeah. And then who would have thought, you know, a double-digit blowout in a sold-out uh, American Airlines Center. Yeah. Was it just the fact that the Thunder played so close, or the Mavericks played the Thunder so tightly those first two games, Scott Brooks sort of readjusted his team, and they were more, it seemed like they were more prepared this game. Yeah, I definitely feel that way. Uh, it seemed like they, uh, when the, the Mavericks uh, played them close, first two games, and, you know, Yes, they're not, definitely not the same team they were last year, but they're still the defending champs. They still have one of the best players in the league, one of the best players the last decade in Dirk Nowitzki. So they're def, they're a th- they're a threat absolutely. So I think definitely Scott Brooks and the Thunder realized, all right, we do have the talent edge. We played them close twice at our at our place. So I think they really came out with that added motivation. All right, let's. Let's try to put that series away because Game Three is a very important series when you're talking about the seven-game series because it really uh, means a lot in terms of momentum and whether a series is over or whether a team still has fight. So 
It's looking like I still think Dallas can steal uh, can steal a game, game or two. But I, I mean, I it, it's really it's really tough in the NBA playoffs to come down from three uh, zero. Obviously, it's been any sport, but yeah, they're in a tough spot. Yeah, I just don't want us to get swept. That's my biggest concern because how ironic is it that we win a championship and then after the season we had this year get the seven seed and then lose, don't even get a chance to win one. Especially at home, where, you know, it's great crowd as always. Apparently there was a 12-year streak of sellouts dating back to 2001. Found that out last night on TNT's coverage. Really? So, I, I think it was just the fact that Oklahoma City couldn't miss. Yeah. I mean, they were shooting lights out. Cause Dallas cut it to five at one point. And I thought, okay, this is great. They're able to to regroup and... They have Oklahoma City on their heels. I think Russell Westbrook was on the bench at that point. But then it's, of course, you know, Kevin Durant, arguably, you know, MVP candidate this year, just goes out on a limb. And it was him, Daquan Cook, Derek Fisher, Russell Westbrook. Everyone was draining threes. And Dallas couldn't keep up because they come down and Sean Marion would have a turnover. Delonte West would turn the ball over. They'd get it blocked. They'd miss a shot. And Oklahoma City just came back. But, yeah, I don't want them to get swept. Of course, there's a high possibility that they won't because usually after a team gets a you know, bad taste in their mouth, gets blown out, embarrassed on their home floor, they come back a little more focused, a little ready and prepared. Because they were playing great for a while. The only two parts of the game I didn't like were how Oklahoma City got off to like a 25-11 run at the beginning of the game, opened up a double-digit lead. And that one streak, middle of the third quarter, where where the Thunder got hot and Dallas never really responded. Also, the fact that Dirk Nowitzki had under 20 points is very concerning. You know, he is your go-to guy, and the wrong people were taking shots. Because you don't want to rely on Jason Kidd to be that. I mean, it's great that the three-point shooter is, and congrats to him, by the way, for winning the uh, Sportsmanship Award in the NBA. Absolutely. You don't want him shooting as many threes or taking as many attempts as he did. But, of course, then again, it helps the fact of, you know, with Lamar Odom, was with the Mavericks, would it be a completely different series? Uh, well, I think that if Lamar Odom was playing like he has the last several years and not like he was this season where even when he was playing, he really wasn't there, which is terrible. And could he really, because they definitely uh, miss Tyson Chandler inside defensively and even offensively because he allows uh, Dirk to kind of basically go wherever because he still have a presence at center. So... And but if Lamar Odom had you know play like he had the last couple of years, he would have added another weapon to that offense. He could play the four, the three. He could shoot. He could be, he's a he's a jack of all trades. He's a good player when he's got his head into it. He clearly didn't have it his head into it. If he was in the series, he's playing like he was the last couple of years. I think they definitely could have. I mean, it's tough to say how they would have done, but I think they definitely would have made it even tighter series. It would have helped, I mean, just because of his sheer size. But, um, but looking at that, it's just Oklahoma City has so many weapons. Yeah. And Dallas is so old. Yeah, and they can all just, just dial. They're young and athletic, too. They've got no – and plus they have the big guys down low, and uh, especially Serge Ibaka, who's really just developed into just a monster shot blocker. Right. It's, it's also funny that you mentioned uh, Tyson Chandler, because we move on to our next game of last night, where the New York Knicks are also facing elimination as LeBron James dropped 17 points in the fourth quarter to, I guess, come off the bench because he was on the bench for a while. Him and Dwayne Wade, they combined 
to win last night against the Miami Heat. Yeah. With Alamari Sotomayor, the Knicks looked good for an extent. What were your initial impressions on that game? Uh, I really just think that LeBron James is just – I mean, he definitely got a lot of rightfully earned flack for the game one, the flopping, and the refs were definitely awful. Really one-sided in Game One in a way I haven't seen in a while, but the the Heat have just been eh, it's probably not a great word to use just been crucifying the Knicks uh, defensively, especially now because the Knicks actually started to play a little defense. Even Carmelo playing a little defense, right? Was very shocking under uh, Mike Woodson, and but it just seems that that team is just not very well put together and. I remember there was a Zach Lowe on SI.com, The Point Four, which is a great, great blog I read a lot. And he, he said that uh, the Knicks without uh, Amari wouldn't be necessarily that bad because he really is not a good fit with them because he's not a good fit playing with uh, Carmelo as they're both offensive-oriented players. They both need the ball. They're not creators. They're not really playmakers. They're scores, And he's not a great fit playing with Tyson Chandler because they're both really good at running the pick and roll. And that's kind of the bread and butter of both. So, but and there was a whole big thing with the Heat. They thought maybe they could get a chance because Chris Bosh wasn't, uh, wasn't sure if he was going to play. But even when LeBron's been playing the four, like he's just been, he's been ridiculous this year. You see, I mean, I've been a believe that he should be an MVP, but this series, he's just taking the stuff to another level. Dwayne Wade's been playing great, and they're getting the key support. So this Heat team's really looking like, I, I can't, especially with Derek Rose after Bulls, I, I can't see this team. There's no way you can stop them. In the finals. Yeah, I mean, because you, you actually called down on, on uh, a couple weeks ago on the show that you said LeBron James should win MVP. Mm. After watching last night, you know, hate or love him, he's a Definitely one of the best players in the league. Absolutely. Definitely has uh, cemented himself to the top. Uh, we're going to tonight's games now. Um, some interesting ones on hand. The Boston Celtics play the Atlanta Hawks and surprisingly won last time in Atlanta without Rajon Rondo, without Ray Allen behind. I think it was Paul Pierce, 36 points. Yeah. Now you get your, your ace point guard back, the anchor of that Absolutely. team. Boston's a team that's coming out of nowhere. They could easily take this series yeah, now. Absolutely. I mean, the thing with the Hawks is that the Hawks have always been a team that's good, but they're not really good. So, I mean, they're a perennial playoff team. But, and I think, uh, I forget who said this, but, you know, since they, it might have been Chris Olduck, who talked about it, since they gave Joe Johnson all this money that they're going to be like, just a, they're going to be a good team, but they're not a great team. They'll, they'll maybe advance around. But the Celtics, you know, they're they're ancient. I mean, let's just be honest. But they play incredible defense, which always is key in the uh, playoffs. And Paul Pierce, just uh, last game, he was just ridiculous. He was looking like the truth of like eight years ago. Sure. So, I mean, they're a team that now I think you have to really look at for uh, a threat kind of in the playoffs, I mean, I think they, there's no way. I think if they take on the Heat, I, I don't know what the seeding is. Because I know the NBA playoffs doesn't receive, like, the Stanley Cup playoffs. But I think that they could actually make it kind of a series with the Heat, but they're just so old. Right. It might be too athletic for them. That, But I definitely think that the way they play defense, they could make it kind of, kind of interesting in the East. 
Yeah, because uh, Pierce commented on after the win against Atlanta. Uh, he was saying they're you know a, a down and dirty, you know, nitty gritty team. They uh, play great defense, and you know defense wins championships. Absolutely. And of course, the last time they were, the uh, at least the last time they played Atlanta, they went to seven games and ultimately won the championship that year. Yeah, and that was when Boston was the one seed, had a great regular season, was clearly the best team in the NBA. And certainly the East, and the, the Hawks have won like 37 games. And I remember, and uh, I was reading uh, Bill Simmons' last column about the, the footnote champions. It was actually a great read. I recommend it to all. And it was one thing, like, that series was just so ridiculous because it was a team that Boston was so much better than, and they somehow went to seven games. So but crazy things can happen. Yeah, and also do you think, so you think Boston will take, how many games do you think Boston will take this series? I think this series will go, I think it'll go actually a full seven. because I do, Even without Josh Smith? Yes. Because Atlanta still is, they're younger, they're more athletic. I think them have, without having Al Horford is tough, and especially without Josh Smith. But I think they'll definitely keep this series around because when, when you talk about teams that play great defense like the Celtics, like, they're... Their offense good, but not great. So they're never really, they don't really seal away a game. Well, they kind of do. But I really think the Hawks will uh, be a little scrappy and uh, take it down, actually. All right, and obviously Lakers, uh, Nuggets are tonight. Lakers will easily win that. They've been playing lights out. Absolutely. Going completely under the radar, especially in this playoffs. Not really, there's been not a lot of, you know, big storylines in that series. But as surprising as, as people give Kobe Bryant slack for as many injuries as he's had, especially this year, and Mike Brown, they've been looking stellar. But the interesting series for me is, and you mentioned this earlier in the show, Ben, how game three is usually a pivotal point in the series. Uh, the number one seed Chicago Bulls are 1-1 against the 76ers who played tonight. Yeah. It was still, with Der- still without Derrick Rose series. Now goes to Philadelphia. Could you see the Sixers taking this uh, game three tonight? Uh, I really can. Uh, you know, they're going to have the home crowd. From They were really impressed. I still thought, even after the Derrick Rose injury, because the Bulls had played pretty well without Derrick Rose this season. And they're so they're so good defensively. And I really thought that even when they had like guys like C.J. Watson and John Lucas, the third run of the point, they're kind of more natural point guys to pass first. And they definitely brought a different element that Derrick Rose does their opposite next play that he's. But I really think that the Philadelphia team, especially with the uh, the changes in the lineup that uh, uh, Dill Collins put in on uh, in Game Two, especially uh, have, starting Evan Turner, which really he really because he's always been like a decent player in the NBA, he's not been what people thought he could be, and but he has really he really had a great game in Game Two, and I really think that they're not a great offensive team. But they play solid defense, and they're very young. And Doug Collins is a really good coach. I know we've had a lot of flack this season, but he's a really good coach. And I really think that they can take this game tonight. I definitely think they could take the series. I'm not totally betting against the whole Chicago yet, though. Yeah, I mean, it's tough. Of course, it's tough to win games on the road. Philadelphia could easily take this one. Uh, out of all the series, though, which one, which team, in your opinion, both? You said, I'm guessing the Miami Heat and the East have been the most impressive for you. But in the West, who has been outstanding play for you? I've really been impressed with the Los Angeles Lakers. I had, I actually picked the Nuggets to win that series. Really? I really did. Because I, I really like the 
Nuggets team, they score like crazy. And I don't know. I just felt that, you know, the Lakers, they kind of slowed through the playoffs last year. But um, this this Lakers team has been playing tremendous right now. Mike Brown has got it clicking. Uh, once they got Ramon Sessions, and they finally got a point guard that can actually do something, he meant the world to their offense. I mean, once he, when he started, he was shooting ridiculously crazy, like really well, like way outside what he actually really capable of. But, you know, he's given them, you know, a solid playmaker at the point guard. And Kobe Bryant is still Kobe Bryant. I mean, that guy could be like 50. He can still score yeah. like 40 every, any given night. Hey, once again, that's not great to hear Ben Florence, Michael Gardner. Let's have at the NBA playoffs, a couple of critical first-round games. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. I just don't want my Mavericks to get swept. But um, we can easily jump back to the NBA in a couple of minutes. Phone line 646-595-3137. Quick uh, talk about baseball, though, just for uh, a brief moment. Uh, did you hear that? Uh, name slipped my mind. Yeah, Mariano Rivera. You, yeah. Twitter was blowing up over that yesterday. What yeah. are your thoughts on that? I mean, it's really tough because, you know, especially you tear your knee ACL, shag and fly balls, batting practice. And it's just, you know, a guy like Mariano Rivera, who's very well-liked, because even though he is the best closer ever, and he, you know, players feel like he's known to be a really good guy, a very humanitarian person. You hate to see a guy like this, an absolute legend, probably have his career end in something like this and not be able to go out in his own terms. I think, honestly, his career is over because he really thought that this could be his last season really want to one more go at another ring. So, I mean, in terms of the Yankees, I mean, this is a huge hole to fill. Even though David Robertson has been awesome this year, set up, and Rafael Soriano, who kind of disappointed was pitching better this year, has uh, he's, he has a lot of cooler experience as well, but it's so hard to replace a guy like Mariano Rivera. I mean, it's just tough. Like, cause, like I say, he's such a legend. Right. So it's it's tough. It's definitely tough. And we'll definitely get back to that in a minute as we have someone on the phone lines here on Fanatic Radio. What's up? You are tuned into Fanatic Radio. What's on your mind? Mike, how's it going? This is the one and only Chris Aldob? Yes. That it is. How are you doing, my man? I'm doing great. Uh, wrapping up the school year, but everything is going very well. That's good. So uh, are you, you think my Mavericks are going to get swift tomorrow? Am I what? Do you think the Mavericks are going to get swept tomorrow? I do. Um, I, I think uh, it's a very tough matchup for them against the Thunder. OKC is a very young team, very athletic, and a pretty deep team. Uh, when you have James Harden coming off the bench as your uh, sixth man of the year, it's a scary thought. Uh, unfortunately, the Mavericks, uh, this is not their year, but hopefully they'll uh, bounce back in the off season and uh, – Try to make a big splash in free agency. Another ga- another game, especially from last night as well, is the Heat uh, Knicks game, where New York is now one game away from getting knocked out. Apparently, they they set the record last night for the most number of losses. Yeah, consecutively. Yeah, thirteen in a row. Is it because Flo- Flo's given mad props to the Heat? Do you think they're that this team's for real? Do I think the Heat are for real? Uh, I do. Actually, I was talking yesterday with uh, Sports Zone uh, great Tyler Tamea, and he was saying that 
he thought the Knicks were going to win last night. Um, kind of a huge storyline. Uh, Amari can't play, but the Knicks, you know, bounce back somehow and win. And I just said, no, that's not going to happen because uh, this team, this New York team, wow. I think there's going to be a perennial six seed for the next decade and end up just losing in the first couple rounds because, I mean, this is a testament to how star power does not really translate to championships in the NBA. Uh, I mean, you have Carmelo, I mean, who will take 50 shots a game to try to get his average up. And uh, with Amari out, and it's unfortunate Amari Stoudemire is out because uh, Jeremy Lin, if he were to come back, Amari's the guy who you run the pick and roll with. So that's unfortunate. Uh, back to your original question with the Heat, uh, I do think they're for real. Um, but um, I, I have them, obviously, I'm... Uh, I hopped on the bandwagon in the beginning of the year, and I had them as a sure favorite to win it all. But as the playoffs kind of have been going on, I, I'm not thinking the Lakers may have more and more of a better chance. Uh, obviously, the Heat, their bench has been atrocious, uh, as we've seen throughout the season. But, of course, um, I, I really don't think uh, that's really going to hold them back, uh, especially with D. Rose's injury, the Knicks falling apart. I really don't see anyone... Maybe the Celtics, but I really don't see anyone really being able to stop the Heat coming out of the East. All right, another. Uh, I'm just glad you mentioned the Lakers, because Flo was giving them props earlier, saying they're definitely one of the best-looking teams in the West. Um, yeah. Your key key game tonight in a pivotal series, the one against eight seed. Do you think the Philadelphia 76ers could get a win on the road and put the Bulls back on their heels? Um, you know what? I'm going to give the Bulls this one. Um, and simply put, we've seen the Bulls do it all year without Derrick Rose, and I think Derrick Rose being out for, I mean, more than 20 games this season has been a good thing for the Bulls because now they're prepared. They know how to play without him, uh, led by Luol Deng. Um, it's kind of funny. I read this. Uh, you guys probably read it, but Scottie Pippen's uh, letter of encouragement that was up on uh, Bulls.com, really encouraging the Bulls. Um, keeping them going um, against while, while their backs up against the wall. And Scotty basically said, look, the same thing happened to me. It happened to our team uh, back in the early 90s when MJ went to leave the game and, quote, unquote, play baseball. But um, so he basically said that everyone didn't think they could come uh, even leave the first round, and they did that. Uh, the Bulls. Fortunately, this year's team knows how to play without Derrick Rose, and I think that is key. I'll give them one more game against Philadelphia, but I unfortunately I think the Sixers will end up taking the series. And also, uh, Boston Celtics another game tonight. Uh, the return of Rajon Rondo, possibly Ray Allen, even without a Josh Smith on Atlanta. Do you, how far do you see this series going? Um, I think the Celtics will. Don't take this serious. You saw it last game, uh, Ronda was out, and everyone was, of course, saying that uh, the Hawks would definitely take it with uh, Rajon Rondo out, seeing how close the game was last time. But as you said, you have Rondo coming back and Allen, and uh, Doc Rivers, someone who I think should have gotten serious consideration as the coach of the year, has done a marvelous job with his team. Um, yeah, I think the Celtics do have something in them. And similarly to how I said with the Knicks, the Hawks are no man's land, and I mentioned this last week on Fanatic Radio, but signing Josh, signing uh, Joe Johnson to the max deal, something they kind of had to do, really kind of screwed them over here. 
because uh, you you had to make that decision. Do you want to be a perennial six, fifth, sixth, seventh seed in the East for the next five to six years and get knocked out of the playoffs in the first couple of years, or do you want to take a couple of years to rebuild? It, it's going to be tough, but rebuild and reach that level of respectability within the NBA and that point at which teams start taking you seriously. So uh, I, I really don't think the Hawks have, have it in them, and I think the Celtics will will take it. All right, NBA insider Chris Aldav. Uh Credible source as always. Thank you once again for joining <laughs> us here on Fanatic Radio. Oh, it's an honor as always, Mike. Thank you. Uh, also, best luck on your finals, man. Hi, thanks. You too. Right, that was our NBA insider Chris Aldav, mm. a uh, resident favorite here at Fanatic Radio. I like that. You guys are thinking with the uh, the same mind. Yeah, yeah, I knew somebody said it, and I felt it was Chris. Good to keep our credibility up. Uh, 425 here on the show. We still have uh, 30-some minutes left. We have uh, a good, juicy content coming at you. We'll get we'll dive more in-depth on the Mariano Rivera situation. We'll also talk some NHL playoffs, because uh, I mentioned the Flows. Jersey Devils got the big win last night. Uh, give us a little preview of the NHL uh Playoff talk on Fanatic Radio. Props to your Devils. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, definitely a big win. You know, the, I think four last five games, the Devils have gone to overtime. And, you know, the Devils last night, they they really outplayed the Philadelphia Flyers, which I really thought the Flyers were the favorite in the series. But this Devils team, you know, when you got Mark Temperador, turned 40 today. And did he really? Yes, he did. Over the hill. Yeah, well, he still he still got it in the offense for the first time in a while. It's been awesome. Zach Parise has uh, it's just been utterly ridiculous. Ilya Kovalchuk is playing both ways, and he's been great offensively. This is a team that I really think that, well, I said for the get-go, whoever wins this series, I really think is going to the Cup Finals. Because I'm not a big believer on either the Rangers or the Caps. And... I know people say, oh, it's because you hate the Rangers, but I hate the Flyers, too. So it's really not biased. But because I, I'm not a bit, I'm not big on the Rangers because I don't think their offense is that good. You know, they have the best goal in hockey in Henry uh, Buckquist. And with the, the Caps, I don't see that with the goaltending. I mean, they had that ridiculous triple overtime class a couple nights ago where Braden Holtby, the young rookie goaltender, who's just been a revelation which is standing on his head with Henrik Lundqvist. But I really don't think he can really keep that up for even another series. So, But, hey, the Devils have been looking great. We've got a series lead on uh, Philadelphia. Get the one more game in New Jersey, which is tomorrow. And, yeah, so we've got high hopes. All right, so for now we'll take a quick uh quick break here on the show. When we get back, we will talk more in depth about hockey. We'll also preview a little surprise for you on Fanatic Radio of a sport that we probably will never cover until this weekend only. But uh, stay with us. We have more awesome more on the Mariano Rivera situation. But stay with us. You're listening to Fanatic Radio on blogtalkradio.com.
boxing. I rule the ring. This is my king. Miguel Cotto is the super welterweight king from Puerto Rico. I will beat Floyd Mayweather. On Saturday, May 5th at the MGM Grand, will Cotto keep his crown or will Mayweather rule the kingdom? Miguel Cotto, you get him knocked out. I will become the new king. Ring king. Mayweather Cotto. Canelo Mosley. Back here on Fanatic Radio, blogtalkradio.com. Miles Gardner with Ben Florence. Go to facebook.com slash fanaticradio. Like the page. Follow us both on Twitter at bflow 316 at the Fanatic MG. Also, you can listen to the podcast on iTunes. Every episode archived at your convenience. That last audio clip was not the special, well, limited edition of sport we're talking about. We might as well bring it up because this Saturday, Floyd Money Mayweather featured on this week's issue of uh, ESPN the Magazine, the Money yeah. Issue. Okay. With his uh, immense bankroll, he'll be fighting Miguel Cotto. For those of you who don't know him, is the guy from, I think it's Puerto Rico? I'm not certain. I'll look it Something up. like that. Yeah, he's the guy that took Manny Pacquiao to 12 rounds and lost that technical knockout. Manny, uh, very controversial, saying yeah, that Rico. Yeah, saying that Cotto had the win. They only gave it to Pacquiao, you know, obviously for nostalgic reasons of keeping him undefeated. Are you a big boxing fan, Flo? Uh, I've never watched a boxing match before, um, you know, because usually on HBO, pay-per-view, or pay-per-view, and I, I, I don't know. I mean, I'm, I think the sport's, I think it's cool. I, I, I kind of follow it. Like, I know who the main players are. Well, I mean, obviously they're not players, but I'm just using this common term. Obviously they're, you know, boxers. But, you know. Good catch. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I've got a label sense. Yeah, but I think I mean Certainly an interesting fight from what I, I know because Cotto did have a very, uh, really, really good fight against uh, the Pacquiao, but nobody's beaten Floyd Mayweather. And he's the first person I will tell you that nobody has beaten. So, yeah. And also, I guess the other fight as well, Walter Wade, it's um, Sugar Shane Mosley. Yeah. He's still he's still fighting. How about still that? Around. Uh, so do you think Cotto will win, or do you think Mayweather will stay undefeated? I think Mayweather will still win. I, I, I'm, I'm like most people, wanting the Mayweather-Pacquiao clash. I think they're both just being childish, because, you know, they don't want to, you know, actually lose. So I think Cotto will give him a tough fight, but I, I still got to go with Mayweather. It's not a fun pick. But. That, that will be tomorrow, pay-per-view. Flo and I will not be ringside, though, because we'll be studying for finals. Yes. Yes, I have a big astronomy final on Tuesday. I need to do well on. So, but uh, yeah, fun stuff. That's the class that's do or die, isn't it? It's uh, yeah. I've got a I've got my extra credit I'm working on, but I was gonna say, you, I was gonna say, how's the extra credit going along? It's coming along well. It's it's pretty easy. You just have to basically say like, come on, for oh, you have to pick one of four questions that are pretty easy, and the one I'm doing, they go, oh, would you like another class? Because she will like want actual good feedback because she's teaching the class next year. I mean, she's a really good teacher. She obviously knows her stuff. I recommend it. I just thought that it was going to be easy because I mostly had thought of astronomy because I had friends that took it last year in high school. They thought uh, it was an absolute joke. So I thought, eh. Uh, and by the time, first test didn't study at all. Barely studied. It did poorly. Second test, I studied a little bit. Not enough. And so I really need to get that clamp it down. But, you know, I think I'll do relatively well. I'm not going to fail because she says that nobody fails unless you, like, don't go to class or just don't do 
anything. So, you know, I'm optimistic, but, you know, that's college. All right, and uh, speaking of college, uh, and Fanatic Radio as well, uh, sponsorship's on the way. Uh, I'll give a quick shout-out to um, Oddwalla, uh, one of the our generous sponsors for helping us out with the show. Another one impending is a ready-you campaign from Procter & Gamble. And to college students, those listening in our demographic, ReadyU is a resource that provides content experience and solutions needed to look and feel good Excel socially, get a job, and save money. Visit the ReadyU Facebook page to show your support. Like the page. It's a good campaign. Also, um, I might get some uh, free care products from Ben Florence and myself of Fanatic Radio. Yeah, how about that? So stay tuned to that, kids. Um, but, yeah, back to baseball. Uh, before Flo and I will go into extensive coverage, here is a clip from what arguably some say is the greatest closer of all time. I got myself uh, between the grass and the dirt and uh, couldn't pull my leg up and twisted in. Uh, got some uh, ACL uh, torn, actually broke, and uh, some uh, meniscus also. So, no, I, I thought it wasn't that bad. I mean, I was. Walking a little bit, but uh, torn. Torn ACL and meniscus flow. Is this the end of the ride for Mariano Rivera? I really think it is. Like I said earlier, he was. uh, He real. It really looked like he was thinking that he thought about retiring after last year, and seemed like this could. This was going to be the last year. At least that's what I thought. So, I mean, I, I can't see him coming back. The guy's 42. I mean, he has the records, so there's no intention. He's got all the rings, so there really is no need for him personally, except in a pride, to come back. So I don't. I think his career is over, unfortunately. And it's sad, sad that, you know, you have a great, such a great player, Hall of Famer, go out like this, not on his own terms. But, you know, that's baseball. That's life. That's the thing, because you, you said he wanted to stay one more year to win another ring. Yeah, I mean, possibly to win another ring, because, you know, once you win one, it's like popcorn. You can't stop. You know, you still have that taste. You want more. Or Pringles. Yeah, Pringles are fantastic, by the way. Great well, call. And, uh, for those of you uh, just tuning in, we are now joined with our NHL insider, Washington Capitals correspondent for WTOP, Zach Drescher, in the uh, studio with uh, us. The Cavs are still alive. Yes, they are. Uh, they, uh, yeah, it's not even like it's not like they're barely still alive. It's not like they're hanging on. They're 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 still alive. Absolutely. Uh, so I want to backtrack to go uh, to that series of Boston. Oh, okay. Yeah. Your your thoughts on the overtime? I guess double overtime or just overtime? Uh, that was a regular overtime. Overtime win against Boston to win in Game Seven to advance to the second round. First, your initial reaction to that? Well, I mean, it, it, it was kind of typical of how the Caps have approached uh, the, the, this postseason. Um, they're all very close games. They're all tight games. They're all could be. It seems like they're essentially decided on a coin flip. I mean, they're that close. Um, and any game that goes into overtime is by definition a coin flip because uh, you know any overtime game seven at least because um, you know it's just one mistake and your season's over. Uh, and then you know it was the fourth line scoring the goal. I mean, Mike Knubel had been benched for wide swaths of the season. 
uh, at the trade deadline, we all thought he would either be moving or he wouldn't crack the lineup ever again. <laughs> um, we were essentially writing off his career, and here he is. Uh, he sets up the overtime winner. And then uh, Joe Ward had been absent all year after signing a $3 million contract in the offseason. Um, they said at the time he was brought in for the playoffs, and we spent all season laughing at how much they overpaid for Joe Ward. And here he is scoring the game winner in overtime <laughs> to send the catch to the second round. Uh, probably will probably go down as one of the best, um, one of the most classic goals in Capitals history, um, just because they haven't had any dramatic <laughs> victories in the playoffs in the past. Um, your thoughts on the whole, I guess, reaction of that? The whole thing that blew up over Twitter and the racist comments. Capitals handled it well. Yeah, Capitals handled it well. I think everybody realized that it's just people being stupid. Yeah. I mean, in the heat of the moment, if you know your team loses, you're gonna say stupid crap like that on Twitter. Uh, and that's really and that's really all that Twitter is good for is uh, reactionary, emotional, saying stupid crap. Also, I was just humming uh, "Heat of the Moment," the classic, classic song from Asia. We will play that featured in a great episode of South Park. I just want to throw that out there. I also want to throw out that I found out this week that Tresher is not the guy that drives around the WTOP traffic car. I never said I was that guy. Well, I, had I, to a- I had to ask because you're the only person I know that works at WTOP. Uh, so I've never Naturally. seen that traffic car. I want, it's pretty great. It's, it's bright really yellow. Nice. I, 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 I know the guy. The, the, there's a guy that the guy who works part time in the sports department, part time in the traffic department. Yeah. And that's you know that's what he does. Uh, he's a U grad, nice guy. Oh, and, and so I'm like, so wait, so you, so what are you doing? Your job is basically to get stuck in traffic and then like tell people about it. And he's like, yeah, pretty much. <laughs> Just cause traffic yeah. jams. And make know. it interesting. You gotta get ahead of the news exactly. here. Exactly. Breaking news. Yeah, there's gonna be a car crash on a Massachusetts <laughs> in about five minutes. <laughs> the the rest and right lanes will be blocked. Hold on a second. Ah! So uh, back to the back to the Capitals. Oh yeah, back to hockey. Zach Jesse has a thumbs up radio. Then flies Milo Gardner. <laughs> no, no, I'm very interested in those WTOP truck. Good for our local listeners. Yeah. But uh, they trail two one now in the series. Correct. Can you see the Caps digging themselves out of the hole to even it and thus take a three two lead? Well, they did it against Boston. Um, they, they were down two one. They won the next two games. Uh, and then they beat. Uh, they had to win in seven, obviously. Um. Yeah, no, I think I mean you know that that seems to be the mindset. Um, they were very, I don't want to say positive, but they were definitely not down on themselves after that game. I think they were all uh, just kind of taken aback at you know how even these two teams are and how long it took for uh, somebody to crack crack the game open. Um, they, I mean, you think about it, they went. Uh, probably it was it was like a hundred because the Rangers scored in the first period. So then they went like a game and a half worth of action without allowing a goal. Um, and, and 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 also you know you, they, I think everybody realizes that you play that much in one night. Uh, it's someone's bound to make a mistake. I mean on the goal it was John Carlson who blew the coverage. Um, and you know you just you just like you. Well, after 45 minutes of skating up and down, and that's 45 minutes of you, not, you know, yeah. I mean, usually guys play, what, 20 minutes? And, you play, you know, you play double your normal ice time. Um, you're going to make one of some of those mental mistakes. And you talk about a mental mistake. We kind of saw one last night in the Flyers-Devils game, a really poorly timed line change, which led to the uh, game-winning goal by uh, New Jersey. Yeah, and that's only after an extra, what, 
18 minutes, I think? Yeah. But yeah. The, well, the Devils have played a lot of overtime games of late. That's true. Still, you know, once a mistake like that, you talk about it being a coin flip. Yep. Anything that can give you the edge or give the other team the edge, you know, changes the game. Mm-hmm. All right, speaking of that, uh, surprise to everyone in the NHL, I guess especially to you, Zach, the Kings up 3-0 over the Blues. <laughs> yeah. How is this happening? How is an eight seed just wrecking in the West? Well, i tell you what. Uh, I was on the show a couple weeks ago. I said the Sharks would have no problem handling St. Louis. Uh, and the St. Louis frustrated the hell out of San Jose. Yeah. And me, but mostly, you know, the actual players. Right. Uh, for, the, for, for the games two through uh, five in that series. Um, and it looks for all the world to be, you know, this young team that pulled it together. They're playing as a group. Uh, they could go through anybody. And, and here come the Los Angeles Kings blowing that system open. I think they won game two, five, one, game three, four, two. Yeah, something like that. It's got to be, I mean, I, that's got to be the first back-to-back situation where St. Louis has allowed nine goals over a span of two games. Like, since since what? Since uh, since October. Yeah. Um, and I don't know. And the Kings offense, is, who is it? I don't know who's on the Kings offense. I agree. But so, um, yeah. I, 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 I mean, these aren't great offensively, but Jonathan Quick is going to, he's going to, if they, if the Blues allow more than two goals, it's game over. Yeah. Because they can't, they don't have the players to be able to beat Jonathan Quick on a regular basis. Yeah, and he's just hot right now. Yeah, he's just rolling. You can't stop a hot goalie. Like, when he's stopping anything, like, he's just the biggest, like, momentum killer. He's huge on the penalty kill. You know, you talk about, you know, you got a hot goalie, you got a darn good shot to win, no matter who's on the and can I just say, uh, it's looking like we very well may have a Western Conference final featuring two Pacific Division teams. None of them the team that has won the Pacific Division title last five years, which well, is also my team, and this is depressing. Yeah. Yes, Phoenix yeah. leads the Phoenix leads that series. The guy, the quick guy, is this the goalie? The quick guy, the goalie. Yeah, yeah. his name he, is Quick, and he's a goalie, and he's quick. Yeah, yeah, he's awesome. <laughs> yeah, he's pretty good. <laughs> he's pretty good. He's pretty good. All right. Uh, flow back to your Devils. Yeah. What makes what makes them so good? How are they able to? Well, you look at like you talked about earlier. Zach Parise has been awesome, and it just really. It was, worked. Well, okay, the shot in overtime, the goal of wait, the goal in overtime. No, no, uh, the one that tied it. Yeah, the one that tied it at three was his first shot of the game. Yeah, but I'm just saying overall, the whole series, yeah. a lot of the playoffs. Parise's been great. It really worries me that he's probably gone in the off season. But even Ilya Kovalchuk came back, played pretty well last night. Martin Brodori is now 40. Uh, 40 tomorrow, I think, right? Or I don't this weekend. Yeah, regardless. He's turning weekend. 40 soon. Yeah, He's an old man. He's still playing really, really well in these long games that are going into overtime. And like you say, like we've talked about overtime, anything can happen. And, you know, with the Flyers, they can score, but the Devils can score as well. And it's just like... Either the Flyers are making a mental mistake or Ilya Briskolov is a little shaky at times, which he can be. You get good Briskolov and bad Briskolov, as uh, they keep on saying. So, But it's definitely a tight series. Teams hate each other. They're very close to one another. So, like, the really long games of travel is not bad at all. So, but, yeah, I think it's real tight series. Yeah, it's some of the, in the way the Devils play that has been frustrating the Flyers. They haven't been able to get... Plays going through the neutral zone. Uh, they haven't been able to pass it around 
on the cycle or on the power play like they were used to against uh, Pittsburgh. Um, and, yeah, I, and also I think, you know, in terms of, you know, the, the emotion of the, the Pittsburgh series, I think took a little bit of the edge off the Flyers. I'm not saying it's all that. I'm not saying that they're, you know, totally out of it. But um, I think it's mostly, you know, just the, the, the way the Devils play defense. It's been frustrating this team like crazy. Well, say once again, um, tonight creator Ben Flossmall Gardner, special guest Zach Drescher, WT correspondent for the Washington Capitals and our NHL insider, as always. Flo, it is that magical time of year like we've been uh, telling our listeners. Yeah. Uh, let me just give you, I'm going to ask you, have you ever heard this before? Okay, the one sport that, uh, it's that one magical time of year that many, many people gloss over here on Fanatic Radio will not. You know, this weekend is the Kentucky Derby. Yeah, love it. Uh, we're running for the roses. Uh, I always watch it. I even guilt myself into watching all the needless pregame. Oh, you do not. Two-hour coverage? I do, too. Uh, it's it really going to five. They're starting at 11 because uh, uh, they got NBC Sports now. Yeah, because uh, what NBC is doing is that they have this big event stretch, so they have like have stuff on all their cable networks, and it's nauseating, it's nuts, but it works really well for them, and it results in increased ratings. We saw it last year when they started using verses. So, but yeah, Kentucky Derby's always always awesome. The what do they say? The most exciting two minutes in sport, or it's I just see that a lot of a lot of fun. Always enjoy it. I, I I'm not much of a betting man. Like our good friend Tyler Tomez, but he it, doesn't bet on horses. Yeah, it, that's all the true. But you know, the point's still made. Uh, but yeah, Kentucky Derby's always always a lot of fun. The 138th running, yeah. and do you have any particular horse in mind? I actually yesterday I put out my predictions for the 2012 Kentucky Derby, and the horse, the three horses I have. I have to win. Wait, so the B-Flow 360 did a derby preview? Yeah. Yes. I did last year. Love that site. Go to the site. uh, And the horse I had to winning was uh, Take Charge Indy, who's right now at 15-1 odds. He's got, he's a a horse that has, uh, these horses are breeded from another horse. And these horses that, this breeding family, I guess, they're all known for having strong stamina. And you need that because it's a, fair, it's a pretty long course, a longer course than um, what these uh, what these colts usually run. And he's got a a uh, uh, jockey who's won it three times before. He's a guy that knows how to win it. The horse I have the place, which is second at twenty one, El Padrino, and that's the big because it's looking like it's going to rain. Ooh. And he's the best rain horse in the field. The, with his most dominant performance coming in a rain, rainy, uh, wet surface at a Belmont Park last year, and a, a horse that I've show the show has been a favorite at nine to two is a Union Rag. I don't think I don't think he's going to win, but I think he's definitely a horse that is, will certainly be in the mix. And that that's what's odds as of right now, but they change tomorrow morning once the gate opens. So. But yeah, fun stuff. All right, so Take Charge Indy is your favorite. I definitely have to go with that as well because the person that you mentioned, Calvin Burrell, is a jockey going for his fourth 
Derby title in the last five years. He has been money, as Forbes.com is saying. He is the true breed, a true living specimen of a horse whisperer. And he joined us here on Fanatic Radio. They all feel good, sir. You would imagine. You know, it feels better and better. It's nothing like the first one, but, you know, it's just like a Super Bowl. You want to win that one. You know, it's every jock's dream riding it. Much less winning it. Winning it uh, three out of the last four years has been unbelievable. And, uh, if we can get one more, we will. Do you still get nervous for the Derby? No, it's not really nervous, you know. I mean, you're gonna, you get a little feeling, you know. But uh, I try to block the nervousness out because uh, I, I rode for some good people. And, you know, I'm very comfortable. And uh, just, you know, class act trainers that I rode for, you know, especially Mr. Carl, the first time riding a good horse in the Derby. You know, he more or less just threw the reins to me and ride my race. And it helps a lot. Uh, trying to fix some technical difficulties on the show. That's exactly where we left off. Once again, here is Calvin Burrell on Fanatic Radio. They all feel good, sir. You wouldn't imagine. You know, it feels better and better. It's nothing like the first one, but, you know, it's just like a Super Bowl. You want to win that one. You know, it's every jock's dream riding it, much less winning it. Winning it uh, three out of the last four years has been unbelievable. And, uh... If we can get one more, we will. Do you still get nervous for the Derby? No, it's not really nervous, you know. I mean, you're gonna, you get a little feeling, you know. But uh, I try to block the nervousness out because uh, I, I rode for some good people. And, you know, I'm very comfortable. And uh, just, you know, class act trainers that I rode for, you know, especially Mr. Carl, the first time riding a good horse in the Derby. You know, he more or less just threw the reins to me and ride my race. And it helps a lot. Amazing. He's going for his fourth derby in the past five years. Kevin Burrell is the Iceman of horse racing. He said this horse, as he told Forbes.com, that is very similar to Street Sense, the horse that he won his first Kentucky Derby with. Once again, Fanatic Radio, while going to Ben Florence. You're tuning into that. I'm probably tuning into that. Also, once again, uh, if you want to listen to the podcast, Zach Drescher was with us. He's our, he's our NHL correspondent, WT correspondent for the Washington Capitals, who are still alive in the playoffs. But once again, for the final three minutes of the show, it is time for the award-winning segment that has warmed the hearts of many. It is time for Tweets from Flow. We basically look at AppBflow360 and find out the crazy things that Ben has tweeted over the past week and find out there's a backstory to it. And I will start with this one. It's about 18 hours ago. Big big news blew up over the the uh, social media scheme, especially from some viewers, from some heavy supporters of the show. 
you changed your Twitter profile picture. I did. All right. She, she tweet. It says, had to change the Twitter profile pic. People were annoying me about it. Like, serious. People were mocking me for it. It's a freaking picture. Morons. What's the backstory behind this? Why do we have no childhood flow? I have, you know, people... Uh, uh, I'm not going to name any names, but people are like, oh, the little cute picture of you, and I'm just like, yeah, this is annoying. So I just decided to uh, pull the plug and throw another picture on, and uh, yeah. I noticed that. I was like, Flo is back with the pack in his profile picture. Yeah. All right, um, another one I actually retweeted. Funny, funny fact. Uh, you said, love this Chuck commercial. Here we are, lost in fat. What is the story behind that? Well, there's a Charles Barkley commercial. Oh, Chuck, that's who it was. Where he said that, you know, guys don't like asking for directions, which is true. And he said, well, you know, now here we are, lost in fat. So I saw that, and I thought it was funny. I thought it was That is interesting. Uh, cause you, you see the uh, CDW commercials he has. Or yeah, during the yeah. NCAA tournament. Fantastic. I loved those commercials. Another tweet that I saw, I retweeted a couple of days ago. It says, I've noticed that Pierre Maguire has barely had any days off this postseason for NBC. I mean, the guy sucks, but he does work his tail off. What beef do you have with Pierre Maguire? Well, I think that he's a moron. He, all the, the networks love him. NBC loves him. I really don't think he's that good. Honestly, and but he works his tail off. I mean, he does live in southwestern Connecticut. It's from northern New Jersey, like I am. So really, when I thought about it, him doing like all these games, Washington, New York, uh, Newark, or Philly, it's really not that hard for him. So, all right, and the final one: watching the Pepsi Girl do that hookah crap on the quad is oddly hilarious. What is your story behind that? Well, I saw as, as people that may not know the. Uh, the girl that was in those Pepsi commercials in, I guess, the late 2000s. Uh, she goes to our school, actually. I know a girl in my uh, hall. I should point her out, like, that girl looks like the Pepsi girl, and she looked her up on the internet, and the first thing that came up was her name, and at American University. And I saw her, I think, doing that hookah thing on the, the uh, whatever that is. I think, I'm not totally certain, on the she was definitely doing something. Certainly wasn't like pipe or anything like that on the quad yesterday, and I thought, yeah, that was kind of funny. So, so an oxymoron here on the campus of American University. But once again, that'll do it for our show. It has been a pleasure serving the uh, the world of America, the appetite. Uh, the show will still continue, though, even though we have our gone for summer break, actually. Flo and I will continue to come through you at least through the month of May until we get tired of it and want to enjoy a very elongated vacation. But once again, you can always stay connected to at Both360 at the Fanatic MG. Go to facebook.com slash Fanatic Radio. Search the podcast on iTunes. This has been Fanatic Radio from Washington, D.C. via Radio Saigon. I'm Michael Gardner and Ben Florence saying so long. We'll see you next time. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? 
Ah, sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right, ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, over by law, 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.